Welcome to episode 1190 of The Sleeper in the Bus. I am Justin Mason without Jason Collette. So I'm bringing in a big hitter. I'm bringing in someone who can pick up the slack and hit a home run. And that's easy to do in the weekend where MLB is playing in London, apparently, as uh, my uh, pitcher uh, Marcus Stroman is, has learned uh, earlier today. I got Ryan Bloomfield from Baseball HQ. Ryan, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Justin. Great to be back on with you. L- little known fact, I didn't, didn't mention this earlier, but you were the the host of the first time that I ever was a guest on a podcast in fantasy baseball, way, way back in the FWFB days. So mm-hmm. uh, always good to reconnect and, and catch up. So glad to be here. You know that's uh, it's cool to hear that I, I was your uh, your first podcast to, to be on. Uh, the old FWFB days were a little bit crazier than they are now. Uh, I enjoyed those days, though. I, I miss those days. You guys had it. Uh, you guys had it going. Um, it was. It was. It still is. It still is a good show. But it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was, it was a, a different show back, back then. Absolutely. We we do things like play Mary Fuck Kill with. Uh, uh, baseball players and stuff like that. It was uh, it was a little zanier, a little a uh, little off the walls. Uh, the, I can't imagine that people listening don't know who you are, uh, considering uh, the great work you do at Baseball HQ. Uh, you do on uh, Twitter with the Bloom Boards. Um, you do with the first pitch uh, uh, event in Arizona. But if for some reason people don't know who you are, let them know where they can find you on social media. And then talk about all that you do, especially First Pitch Arizona, which is my favorite event of the year. Absolutely. Uh, yes. I, so I've been at Baseball HQ for over 10 years now. do two, two articles a week with them, a fab column every Sunday, Speculator every Wednesday. And do a podcast with my our friend, uh, Casey Bubba, Brian Antrican, called Bubba in the Bloom, which comes out every Friday. So you can check that stuff out at Twitter at Ryan BHQ and yes at Baseball HQ and this is uh, we just opened up registration this week for First Pitch Arizona so I cannot wait to get out there it's going to be November second through fifth this year in Phoenix uh, Justin you've been coming for I don't know what three four years now yeah since 2019 was my first year and then missed a couple oh. years for COVID but uh, I am bummed I'm 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 distraught I. Uh, my wife uh, and I have been planning a trip to Disneyland, and I knew when we started planning it, it was going to fall around the first pitch time. I did not realize it was going to fall on the week of first pitch, um, and so I don't know if I'm going to be able to go this year. Uh, and uh, shaking, I'm already I'm shaking getting my head. Up. I'm shaking yeah. my head uh, for the for the non YouTube crowd. You've got a good excuse, though. I mean, yeah. If, it's if hard. You're gonna go to Disneyland. I I get it, but just bring Disneyland to first pitch. That that is a discussion we are having. Um, if I do end up going, it's going to be me with the entire family, um, which I'm okay with. There's a really nice pool there. Um, you know, usually Arizona is still pretty warm in uh, in that uh, you know time of year. So. But talk about first pitch and like what people can expect if they've never been before. Because I think people hear us talk about it, but they don't realize like everything that goes on there, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, for sure. So it's basically like three and a half days of 
I'll, I'll call it a fantasy baseball conference, but it's it's a lot more than that. We we probably have I don't know forty to fifty industry speakers and panels going throughout. We we structure the entire event around the Arizona Fall League, and so which is like it's just so cool to be able to. It's not even I mean it's even more low key than like spring training, which is kind of kind of gotten uh, not out of hand lately. But it's 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 very low key Fall League games. So you can go and literally sit in the front row and see top prospects throughout the weekend this year as well it it will be in alignment with the fall stars weekend so there's a afl all-star game last year was a home run derby i think they're running that back again and i believe this year it's all across the street again from our host hotel so we are staying at the wrigleyville uh facility in mesa and that's where the cubs uh stadium is and that's where they host a bunch of afl games so We've got AFL action going on throughout the weekend. Panels around that. We got live drafts. I know Justin, you've done. You started. I remember you started uh, Pocket Aces with. Yeah. I don't know why I remember this, but you started with Burns and Cole in one of the Arizona Fall League drafts. So uh, we've got. Yeah, literally, I think like four to five live drafts going. Um, there's podcast rooms. We we saw we saw the sleeper in the bus plus plus Eno. Mm-hmm. last year which was just an electric factory uh, well, that was a nightmare <laughs> but it was so much fun like i <laughs> i would as an observer i would not call it a nightmare it was it was <laughs> it was sheer glory uh throughout the entire show so and, and i don't know it's just like I, if, if, if you're a first timer we do special special things for first uh first time people and so you're not it's not a clicky thing like if if you go you will make friends and you will have a uh, fantastic time me personally i make i'm a golfer and so we're adding a golf component to uh the trip again this year we played last year and thursday november 2nd around noon we'll play some golf before the conference starts so that's going to be fun as well um I don't know what else I'm leaving out, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's an awesome weekend. So if anyone can, can make the trip, I know we're a little more than four months out, but you gotta, you gotta, gotta do that planning time, that, that negotiation with the spouse mm-hmm. to make, to make sure you can try and make it work. But uh, yeah, November 2nd through 5th, if you go to baseballhq.com, there's a sign up uh, logo on the right side of the site. Um, and any questions about it or whatever, just let me know. I'm happy to help uh, talk about it too. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say it is my favorite weekend of the year. Uh, I have an absolute blast. I don't even go to that many games, and I don't go to a ton of panels, panels. necessarily for me. Yep. Um, for me, it's about hanging out with people. I mean, last year we got to watch, uh, I think it was the World Series um, while yes. we were there. Uh, and I, I mean, we, we got to see Nick Pollock go crazy for Philly pulling, I think it was Zach Wheeler early mm-hmm. from – uh, one of those games. So yeah, it's just like I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a bar at the hotel, and it's just a we lot play of, poker like, at night with uh, with exactly. Jeff Erickson, and uh, it's one of those like events where like you know I learn so much by just sitting down with really really smart people and talking about fantasy baseball. Like um, it, it has been a super super valuable thing for me uh, to be able to just like. You know, we're we're sitting at the bar, and you know, and you know, people are getting drunk, uh, and and I get to like sit there and go, "Hey, Rob Silver, what do you think about this?" Or, "Hey, Vlad Sedler, what do you think about this?" Or, you know, I mean, and and you get just this wealth of information from people uh, that I mean, you can get somewhat from people's articles and podcasts, but I mean, there's just nothing like sitting across from uh, another person talking about it. and the podcasts. I love the live podcasts, even when you know jumps in hammered 
it's especially it's, when uh, Eno yeah, comes in. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. But, but yeah, it, it, it's great. And 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 for sleeper in the bus listeners, I know Paul and Jason have been going. I think even longer than I have, and I've been going for about ten years. So yeah. I'm sure those two will be out there again. Absolutely. This year as well. I remember there was one first uh, one first pitch where I think it was my first one where Sporer was doing two drafts at the same time, which I don't even know how that's possible. But he he pulled it off and pulled it off well. So um, yeah, you get to meet those guys as well. Yeah, you, they will definitely be there. I'm going to try to be there. Feel free to tweet at my wife that I need to be there at Mrs. D. Salinger because that'll go over super well. So I think the plan. I think the I think the move. Is you guys drive down to Disneyland, mm-hmm. do your thing, you yeah. drive over to Phoenix, mm-hmm. have fun at first pitch. You fly back, Justin, and and Danielle can can drive, can drive, drive the, the ship back <laughs> to uh, to Northern California. We'll I'm, we'll try. Sure, we'll see what she thinks about that one. I'm sure that would go super super well. You send your suggestions via Twitter. That that my suggestion. Great. I mean, yeah. you know, just just one man's one man's idea. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk some fantasy baseball. We've got a lot of fab uh, this weekend. It's going to be an interesting weekend of fab because we do have another big pitching prospect that has come up that's going to be available in a lot of leagues. Um, but does anybody have any money left to spend? This is, I think, the, the major question. Uh, but first, we'll jump into some news. Uh, let's start with Hunter Renfro playing first base. This may be a short-lived experiment because all of a sudden now, uh, because the Angels have also added Mike Moustakis as of uh, yesterday, and I think Eduardo Escobar too. So uh, what do you make of this whole kind of Angels influx? Uh, you know, they look like they could be competitors, uh, but we have not seen them as competitors in quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, I I guess if, if you want to call adding Mike Moustakis and Eduardo Escobar to your infield as, as competitive moves, I mean, this all stems from uh, the Angels calling or sending down um, Brendan Marsh or sorry, Jared, Jared Walsh. Walsh. I always get those guys mixed up. Jared Walsh the other day. But I th- I mean, it sounds like it's going to be Renfro. I mean, like the fantasy upshot would be Renfro plays enough at first base to get that like dual eligibility. I don't know if that's going to happen because of, like you said, the 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 wonderful addition of Mike Musaka. I'm not sure if you caught yesterday, Justin, but so the Angels dropped 25 runs on the Rockies Saturday night. Yeah. And then I, immediately I, after the game took took Mike Mustakis from Colorado. I, I it's like I, we're gonna beat you by 24 and then take your first baseman. I don't know exactly what the what the trade was, but um I mean I don't I don't know. From a fantasy aspect, like I'm not that interested in Mustakis obviously outside of course field, uh the only upshot would be run for a gaining first base, which it I don't know if he will. I, I don't know if we'll get enough games with Moustakis now in the fold. Yeah, this this feels like a short-term solution until they get like Zach Neto back and um, until maybe they make a bigger move at the trade deadline. As of right now, the Angels are six games back of the Rangers, but they're in the thick of the wild card race, right? I think they're half a game back from the Yankees for what would ostensibly be the second wild card. So if the if the season ended today, like they're they're a playoff team. Um and I think they need to make moves in order to try and stay in that race because otherwise they've got to sell Otani at the deadline and 
that would be a nightmare for the organization to like have to trade him. I mean, um, yeah, this would be their, this might and still might be their last chance to get in the playoffs with Trout and Otani. And I think you need to do everything you can to try and make that happen. And with Otani pitching, like, and maybe Reed Detmers turns things around and, and kind of he's been pitching better lately. Maybe you get a couple starts in a short series format where they could actually do something. So uh, I think they, they need to keep going for it as much as they can. I mean, there's no chance Otani resigns here, right? Like, I, I would... Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, but it 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 everything that I've heard is it's not going to happen. And if I was Otani, like unless I really love you know just the vibe and that sort of thing, I'd love to go to a, to to a team that can win. And the Angels yeah. just consistently have not been able to do that, despite having two of the best players on the planet. Yeah, I just I, I can't imagine that that is the place he wants to finish the rest of his career. Um, and I, I would think if they were going to get a deal done, it would already be done at this point. Like, so uh, Aaron judge has a tear in a ligament in his toe. Um, you know, there's the, the Yankees and Aaron judge have been very kind of, um, huh, you know, hush about what yep. is going on with his toe. Now we know that there's terror in the, in the ligament. The timeline I've seen is like three to four weeks, which is pretty much means after the all-star break, you're obviously holding on to Aaron judge, but uh, how worried are you that this is going to turn into a long-term thing? Because I think one of the big concerns with judge has always been dude has a hard time staying healthy. He's been able to stay healthy the last couple seasons, uh, but this is a top five pick in fantasy baseball. Where are you at on Aaron judge right now? It's tough, and I, I, I immediately, I always, whenever the team is being hush-hush, is being coy, like, that just raises red flags. And like you were saying, Justin, it's still, like, I, I, I can't get a firm timeline, piece together a firm timeline, even now, with what's going yeah. on with Aaron Judge. So, like, the more vague that the news is coming out from the club, like, the more concerned I am. I mean, now the thing, I mean, if you have judges, nothing you can really do from a fantasy Mm -hmm. aspect. If, if you have IL slots, you're obviously keeping judge there. And I have judge in a couple of leagues on IL and that that's just where he's going to stay until he comes back in non IL leagues. You hold him just because it's Aaron judge. Like, and so maybe, uh, you know, maybe after the all-star break, everything comes back and, and he's good. That's, I think at this point, the best case scenario, the other thing, like without judge, man, that lineup, like as from a streaming aspect and from pitchers mm-hmm. going against the Yankees at this point, like it's um, it's it's really rough. Like I didn't realize. I thought, well, Stanton, I thought like Giancarlo Stanton's back. He's going to be fine. Stanton, the cleanup hitter in that lineup is hitting 187 with six home runs in 115 plate appearances. I know he's been hurt, but like he's been he's been terrible. And then you've got guys like Jake Bowers. You've got. Billy McKinney, who's been kind of hitting, but like there's just a lot of holes in this lineup. And I think from a from a streaming aspect, um, I think this is a lineup you absolutely can attack even even when they're at home. Yeah, I mean the fact that you had to invoke the names Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers as a part of this team, a regular part of this team at this point, tells you exactly what you need to know about how things are going with the Yankees. Uh, I mean the fact that they're actually in the playoff race at this point is somewhat surprising. Um, and they are, they are in that wild card hunt, but they are the worst team in, uh, I believe w, is it WRC plus over the last, uh, or second worst team 
in baseball in WRC plus over the last 30 days. Um, like they wow. are just, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, it is um, truly atrocious. And uh, you know, that puts them also third to worst in um, OPS over the last 30 days as well. I mean, this is just a, an offense that, Typically, you don't want to stream against the Yankees, but they're the perfect team to stream against right now in fantasy. So keep that in mind when you're making fat bids that they might be a team that you want to attack as one as opposed to one that you want to uh, avoid. Ramon Laureano is heading to the IL with a hand fracture. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how many people are still rostering Ramon Laureano, but he's is he's an easy drop, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, with the low batting average, with that lineup, like you're, you're kind of just hoping for homers and steals. And given the timeline, I don't think this is a player worth worth stashing. Like, I don't think the reward is worth the uh, the short term roster squeeze. So it's uh, it's rough. But I mean, you kind of signed up for this with Loriano. Have Loriano a couple teams, and yeah, um, dropping where I dropping where I can, where I can't stash him on IL. It, it does make an Oakland lineup that much worse i think they called up connor capel to like mm -hmm. fill in uh, i don't i don't know if connor is capable of <laughs> from, a, from a fantasy aspect uh it's just it's not pretty so um i think this is like the worst possible timing too right because yeah this likely means they can't trade him at the deadline um, which would have been, you know, one of their bigger trade chips. I mean, I guess they could trade them with a broken hand, but, you know, how much are they going to get? Is it even worth it to them? You know, our team's going to even be willing to trade for a, an aging center fielder with a broken hand. So, and a, uh, and, yeah. a, and a 274 OBP, 287 mm -hmm. last year. Like, it, it's, it's, Loriano is one. I mean, so there's the defense that, you know, at play, but like, mm -hmm. obviously the hands messed up. So, He's a better real life player than fantasy, but like it's still it's uh, you're you're getting someone on the downside of the career, and I, and and I don't even know like if Oakland we could do a whole other podcast about Oakland, but like I don't even know if Oakland's trying to maximize anything right now in terms of trade value with what they can get for any of their guys. So it's just a it's a tough scene out there in more ways than one. Yeah, I, man, I feel bad for Oakland fans um, if there are any left at this point. Uh, did love that reverse boycott, though. I wish I could have gone to that. Um, Marcus Stroman leaves his start on uh, on Sunday uh, after getting obliterated uh, in uh, the, the bouncy conditions in London. Um, any worries here? We don't quite know. Oh, the update is he left with a blister on his right index finger. So it is just a blister. Um, it. Any worries uh, for that? And uh, what have you thought about Marcus Stroman this year? Because he's been surprisingly great. Yeah, like, so first off, no, I'm not too worried. I mean, blisters can kind of linger around, so just, you know, monitor. But uh, you're glad it's not like an elbow, shoulder, whatever. I, I take a blister over that stuff any day. Stroman, I mean, we were talking a little before the show. Like, I <laughs> I did not see this coming. There, there, and I don't even see like looking back at what Stroman put together last season. Like even from a lessons learned standpoint, I don't really see how this is happening for Marcus Stroman. Like even last year, the swing strike rate was down from twelve percent down to ten percent. Like he wasn't missing many bats. The huge thing with Stroman, and this is uh, this is something I definitely look at, is the ground ball rate. We all know like Marcus Stroman is a ground ball pitcher. He was at like 50, 52% ground balls last year. This year, it's 60%. And to go from 50 to 60 
is like I don't think we realize how much of a jump that that is. And and actually, um, Jeff Zimmerman's done research on this, where like the higher you go in ground ball rate above fifty to fifty five to six, like it's exponentially better. Uh, you look at like your Framber Valdez types, your your Alex Cobb. I know he's hurt, but like was was pitching pretty well. Once you can get into like sixty percent ground ball territory, like Marcus Stroman is right now, it is very very hard to score runs against that. And so like I know Stroman's been, you know, th- this is the best he's going to pitch all season, like two forty Babbitt, mm-hmm. something like that. Like it's 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 not going to be this good all year, but the ground ball rate for me is something that again I didn't see coming all the way to sixty percent. But it's uh, it's it's been it's been pretty fantastic for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining at all. I absolutely no. not complaining. <laughs> I, I got I got him accidentally for a dollar in the uh, in the NFPC uh, auction championship league, where I didn't have very much money left. I wanted a different pitcher at the end of my bench, um, and I threw Marcus Stroman out for a dollar because, of course, he's going to go for more than a dollar, and the room went. Quiet, and I was all like, oh, "Okay." Um, and so, uh, I, I de- you and I were talking about this prior to recording, and I said, "Like, I had him higher than, you know, I think other people did. I had him as like a, you know, five dollar pitcher." But uh, I, I, I was not anticipating getting him. I, he was not a target for me this year. He has been uh, fantastic. I think it, I think it definitely helps that they were able to move. Nico Horner and his great defense to second base and yes. put uh, and put Dansby Swanson at short. I think it just improved things up the middle for them uh, so much. So um, he's obviously going to regress. The question is, how far does he regress? Is he a you know a mid threes ERA pitcher or does he have even you know harder times than that? Uh, but not super worried about the blister. Uh, you know, maybe he misses an extra start or something like that, or you know. Uh, they give him a little bit of time off with the uh, with the All Star break coming, but I, I'm not super worried. And I think you got to roll with him as long as he's doing this. Like you can't. Oh like, yeah. HQ's project. We're projecting Stroman like a 350 ERA the rest of the mm-hmm. season, and like like just like you were saying. I mean that that in this environment that is that is that is pretty damn good. Even if uh, you know the ultimate question is regress to what if he regresses to mid threes guy. Um, I think I think that's fine. Behind a lineup that I, sneakily is pretty good. Like if yeah. if Bellinger can stay healthy, um, the, the Cubs can actually, despite their record, they can they can put some run support together. Uh, bullpen might be a different story, but but I think the wins will be there for Stroman too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, just stay healthy, dude. You you know, like yep. he's, been, he's been a stud for my for my rotation in that league. Uh, that is uh, doing very very well. Let's uh, let's talk about Fab, and I kind of alluded this to him earlier, but Gavin Williams will be the big target in Fab for a lot of people. This is like the seventy fourth uh, rookie <laughs> prospect to come up and join a team's rotation, and I mean, it's the third to join the Cleveland rotation, uh, and which has been a little surprising because Cleveland in the past has not wanted to bring up these guys, uh, these types of guys. I mean, how long did we wait on Tristan McKenzie to actually earn a full time? role in the rotation uh before he actually did uh, his first start was filled with a lot of jitters um he made a lot of mistakes i don't think that is going to scare off a ton of people where are you at on gavin williams who has a two start this week uh making things even better potentially a two start i'll get i'll get to that in a sec but uh i i yeah like the opening uh, his debut i mean was was 
a little shaky against Oakland, but whatever. Uh, you, you can't take too much away from one start. I personally, so the question you need to ask yourself coming into Fab is like, how much am I willing to be comfortable with if I want to go after Gavin Williams? How much money am I willing to be comfortable with after this week? Because again, we still have three weeks of three months of the season left to go. Like it, blowing your Fab budget this early is tough, and I think you're gonna probably have to do that in order to get Gavin Williams. And personally, I don't think it's going to be worth it. Uh, I don't think this is like an Ellie de la Cruz or whatever, where I did recommend in my fab column to, to yes, go ahead and blow your fab budget because this is the dude. I don't think this is it with Gavin Williams. The biggest thing like, so yes, Gavin Williams pops on prospect rankings and that sort of thing. I think long-term the talent is just, is, is awesome. Cleveland knows what they're doing with starting pitching, yada, yada, yada. Cal Quantrill is coming back to Cleveland's rotation. I, I mean, Tito Francona was was quoted yesterday. I forget in which um, which outlet, but Quantrill's coming back, and Cleveland's not going to a six man. So something has to give. That has to give is either going to be I think Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, or or Logan Allen. I can't see Bybee, maybe Allen, but I think there's there is definite risk that Gavin Williams is back in the minors pretty soon once Quantrill comes back. Uh, you you can debate the merits of whether Cal Quantrill deserves to be back in the in the Cleveland rotation but it doesn't really matter if the if the manager thinks he is so for that reason like I'm just very I'm excited about the skills with Gavin Williams I'll probably put in modest bid amounts on him today but I'm not blowing the the, the fab budget for really for that reason hmm that I mean that does bring up an interesting kind of question because I've looked at Gavin Williams as the last big pitching prospect that's likely to come up outside of the guys who've been up and already sent back down to, you know, Brandon fat probably comes back at some point. Grayson Rodriguez definitely comes back. Um, and probably soon, like I would much rather like stash, uh, Grayson, uh, Rodriguez right now than uh, spend that kind of money on Gavin Williams. If I can do that, uh, unfortunately for me, he's just not available. Everybody's held on to Grayson Rodriguez in the leagues where, uh, I'm at, I don't think it can be Logan Allen um, because Logan Allen is the only lefty in that rotation. And I just don't see them wanting to go to a five man right-handed rotation. Um, I'm a little surprised that Cleveland's going to put Quantrill back into the rotation uh, considering how poor he's been. And um, I mean, clearly the worst stuff of all their starters. I wonder if the answer ends up becoming Aaron Savali moves into the bullpen. I was just, I was just thinking, like as you were going through this, like why does Aaron Savali get a pass? Like, yeah. I, I can see why Bieber gets a pass, and we can debate the skills, whatever. But like, he, I mean, he's he's locked in. Um, but yeah, why why does Savali get a pass? So I mean, maybe there's, maybe they find a way to to keep Gavin Williams and Quantrill in there. Um, again, it's just something. It's it's a risk. It's a risk when you're when you're when you're wanting to spend this much in Fab on somebody. For me, at least, I just all these guys are risky, but like I try to mitigate that stuff as much as possible. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to make bids on him, even if it's just for the first start, but I'm going to probably approach it like, okay, this is a two start guy. And I don't know if I'm going to get anything else after that. So the amount of money you would spend on a potential two start, um, knowing that there's a chance you only even get one of those two starts uh, is probably what you should be looking to spend. Don't go overboard 
that being said, these things always seem to work themselves out. They, they do. I was just going to say, like, even if it is one start, he gets sent back down. Again, not not predicting that will happen, but it could. Like, Gavin Williams will be back this year. I mean, injuries, like six starters in rotations, always, there's yeah. always an opening at some point. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be fascinating. I do agree with your point that this is the probably the highest rated prospect, pitching prospect to be up this year. I still, there will be others. There will be others where like, I'd rather, well, may not have the pedigree of a Gavin Williams, Mm -hmm. but I'd still probably rather take a shot on like two or three lower ranked prospects. Emmett Sheehan type guys that Mm -hmm. just kind of are pitching well and come up. I'd rather take two or three shots at those types of guys than one big shot at, at Gavin Williams. But again, that's just kind of the way I approach Fab in general. So your, your, your mileage may vary. Uh, Johnny Brito is going to be a popular pickup because he's got a pretty sweet two-step. He gets to go to Oakland uh, to face the A's, and then he gets to go to the Cardinals, who somehow turned into one of the crappiest teams in baseball overnight. Um, both of those parks are really, really great to pitch in. Both of those teams are really, really struggling. And Johnny Brito came back and had a really nice first start back. Uh, are you attacking him for this two-start? Uh, no, I think, and even in like 15 teamers, I think this is one where like, yes, the matchups are good. Yes. Two starts is always good, but I just think it's double the, the blow up potential. Like Johnny Brito is always, so we talked about the Yankees lineup. So I don't, I don't know how much win potential there is, uh, probably versus Oakland. There is, um, he just doesn't miss bats for me. And so when I'm streaming someone, like I want somebody who I know will at least get me like five to six strikeouts uh per start brito like eight percent swinging strike rate this year had six whiffs you say he pitched well against seattle he did he had had five and two-thirds scoreless but just three k's and six whiffs and 81 pitches like i don't know if there's enough swing and miss and strikeout potential here to where like even even oakland i think could get him and i think uh seattle st louis could as well so i am staying away from a low skilled two-step uh, like this, I'd rather take my chances with a middle reliever and get maybe the same number of strikeouts um, and better ratios. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, he's definitely going to be in my bid list um, just because, especially in 15 teamers, there's just not very much there. That, yeah, like what are your, yeah, that is true. I mean, <laughs> I, I could probably say what I just said about any free agent pitcher in a 15 teamer. So, um, so yeah, I get. Yeah. You know, especially if you're win-seeking, I, I know the Yankees aren't very good right now, but they're somehow still winning ball games, and that's not something we can say about Oakland and St. Louis, who neither have been able to win ball games this year. So I think if you're win-seeking, uh, you take you can take the gamble, uh, but definitely don't go overboard. And I think there will be people who go overboard. They're going to see what he did in his last start and uh, say, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take the gamble to try to pick up two wins this week from, from Johnny Brito and uh, probably spend a little bit too much. Uh, another guy who has a two-start week, though I can't imagine you actually want to use him for this two-star week, uh, is Matt Manning. He's returning from the IL. He's at Texas, at Colorado. Obviously, we are not using him if we're picking him up, but is there any interest in Matt Manning for you long-term? Long-term, potentially. Definitely not for this week. Like The at Texas, at Texas is just like, that's death. That is death, the starting mm-hmm. pitching. And then, at, like you said, at Colorado, which I, I think is actually easier than at Texas. But, um, 
the 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 crappy part is like Matt Manning. You wanna you wanna maybe pick him up because there is some rest of season potential, but I don't think you're gonna be able to sneak him back because of this two start. So like it's it's a little bit tricky in that you're gonna have to kind of pay up for someone's two step, and I still don't recommend starting Manning. Um, it's interesting he he is built up to seventy three pitches, so like I don't think workload will necessarily be an issue. So I, I, I like him long term. It's just um, even the following week, he, he goes to or he hosts Toronto. So like, when are you going to start using Matt Manning is the question. So like short term, it's 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 tough. And I think you're gonna have to pay up for the two step, the, the two step uh, price increase with Matt Manning. It might be actually better to just avoid him this week and let other people spend their money and then drop him when they see that Toronto's up next on the docket after that, this awful two steps. So. That could happen where you pick him up, uh, get shelled at Texas, which he probably will. Who knows what happened at Colorado? And then, yeah, people see Toronto next week and maybe he's that much cheaper in a couple weeks. I do like Matt Manning as a pitcher. I think he is a guy that Agreed. Uh, uh, still has pretty useful skills. The one thing I will uh, kind of... Uh, caution against with him is in spite of the fact that he threw those 73 pitches, um, he walked five batters. Uh, so the control in, uh, in, in his minor league rehab is not necessarily been great, uh, which is not usually indicative of a guy who's going to, if you're walking five batters in a triple a game, then you're, you're not probably going to fare super well against a team like Texas or even a team like, uh, Colorado, which just saw 25 runs put up against them in Colorado. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, God, that was a, a nightmare of a game. Um, <clears throat> uh, the next guy on the docket uh, is old friend Joey Votto. Uh, he is back, and he is, like, back, like, ready to show people, apparently, like, that he is still Joey Votto. Uh, hit two home runs over the weekend uh, in his return. Um, any interest in Joey Votto as I saw him as the most added guy in Yahoo leagues and CBS leagues uh, over the last few days. Yeah, man. Like I think this, I mean, he's Votto's for me, the crown jewel of fab this week, even more than like Gavin Williams. If Votto's available in your pool, like just, just the lineup, the lineup is just mm -hmm. unbelievable there. I mean, oh, the reds, the reds are on fire right now. This is probably their peak. They're, the 12 game winning streak just ended, but like, up and down that lineup in the ballpark, everything lines up there. And Votto, I mean, the concern for me was like, how would Votto look? Would he get back and like kind of still be hurt, but still wants to kind of get on, get in on this train and, and get some playing time. The dude looks healthy. I mean, three home runs, three barrels, and you know, just, just the ability to hit three barrels in your opening week to be able to make that type of hard contact to me just says, I mean, this, this guy is healthy. He's ready to go. He took his time, which I think most importantly, I mean, Vado's he's been around the block. Like he knows not to rush this back. He, he actually ended his own rehab earlier this season when Vado was, was close to returning to Cincinnati because he wasn't ready to play. And so for that reason, like he obviously signed off on coming back this week. I think he's totally healthy. I think the skills are still there. Hall of Fame player, especially in OBP leagues, like my God. Um, I think mm -hmm. you're absolutely paying up for this guy. And I, I, I think Votto is worth a considerable amount of money in fab if you need first base corner infield. I, I think he's going to be worth it. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. He's actually going to be my largest target uh, in a lot of my leagues because in a lot of my leagues, for some reason, I have no power. Like, I just don't have enough power. It's just such a hard thing 
defined off the wire uh, this year. Um, and I've got a number of leagues where I'm leading the league in runs and RBIs, but somehow hurting in, <laughs> in home runs. Like, And so uh, Joey Votto is going to be the answer for me in a number of leagues. I know I'm going to be pretty aggressive on him. Look, Let's talk like, I know not everybody plays NFBC, but it's just the easiest context where you know a guy like this is going to be on the wire. I think he's only rostered in like 6% of NFBC 15 teamers. What percentage of fab would you be willing to go for a guy like Joey Votto? So a $1,000 fab league, let's say you've got $300 left. How much of that are you willing to do? Um. That that three hundred dollar estimate, that's like exactly what I have in my main. So and it's actually more than the rest of my league. Uh mm-hmm. I'm in the I'm in the richer half, I should say, of my league with that. I think three nineteen. I'd be willing to go like twenty, thirty percent. I just don't think I don't think we're going to get we don't see many and maybe this is just a one off this year. We there just have not been many like splash hitter ads in fab. Uh we thought we were gonna get it with Matt Mervis. That that took a dive very quickly. And I, don't, I just don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to have to add a bat like Vada. So um, I, I don't know, maybe a third of my budget, something like that. If you really need the power and counting stats are going to be there. It doesn't sound like you need those counting stats, Justin, but but others might. So I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd say about a third just kind of, uh, you know, off the top of my head. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you. I think if, if you 20, 30 percent, um, I probably wouldn't go more than that. Just because, especially if you're playing in a league like NFBC that might have an overall, or if you're playing in, like, let's say your home league doesn't have $0 bids. Um, obviously, with if you've got $0 bids, you can be a little bit more aggressive than that if you want. Um, you just don't want to run out of money. Like, that is, like, the nightmare scenario. I know uh, Bob Carmentola somehow won the main event overall last year when running out of money in August. But you just don't want to be in that position uh and not have enough money rest of the way because injuries are going to happen especially joey Votto is a perfect example of a guy <laughs> who like we could spend you know a hundred dollars in fab this week and then next week something happens with his back something happens with his shoulder and you know he's he's done for the year so just keep that in mind when you're when you're getting aggressive with your bids that you know you want to make sure you leave yourself enough money to make pivots down the road he is old he is, he is. He's actually older than me, which there's not too many players older than me. Yeah, yeah. The, it's funny when I start seeing, um, like, you know, uh, guys who are like, oh, he's my age. Oh, that's... Uh, that's he's 36. Uh, that dude is washed mm-hmm. up. Yeah, exactly. And you look at yourself. I'm, I'm 38, so... Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Eduardo Escobar, he could be a pickup. He was also uh, sent over to the Angels. Uh, the... They're probably going to be using him a lot at third base. I uh, went two for four in that um, in that Angels blowout of the Rockies. Uh, any interest in Eduardo Escobar in a new location? Actually, a little bit. Like I, I think I kind of poo pooed Escobar and Mustakis earlier in the show, but like I think Escobar, at least as a weekly streamer for this week, like a short term ad, a bridge type type of ad that I think is going to go really cheap and fab is is decent because i think escobar is going to play pretty much every day at third base at least until rendon is back or maybe neto comes back and then the, the playing time picture gets a little bit more muddy but i think escobar's the guy right now at third base and the angels have a pretty good schedule this week they're one of six teams to get the full seven game slate which is always nice um it's against the white Sox for four 
and then Arizona for three. So like the matchups are are okay, but you get that full seven games, and I think Escobar is going to at least play at least six of them because I don't know who else to throw out there at, at third base. Maybe Mustakis plays a game over there at third. But um, I think I think Escobar, if you if you need somebody for this week, I think he could be effective for very little money um, and, and get you get you some stats for this week. I would not recommend like counting on him long term. I just don't think the playing time or skills are going to be there long term. But um, I think he could be a flash in the pan this week as a streamer. Yeah, the unfortunate part is he only played nine games at second base. Like he was one game away from picking up that. LSU oh, really? Game. Yeah, so uh, that would have been uh, really nice uh, for him to get that one extra game. And because he's unlikely to play uh, second base with the Angels, um, I don't know. It's, there's no fantasy juice. Like, he doesn't really hit a lot of home runs anymore. He doesn't really steal a lot of bases. It's kind of just... Um, Blah, and it's not like he's moving to the top of that Angels uh, lineup. So I, I'm I'm less enthused than you. I think it, if if you're just looking for a body in a 15 teamer, I think you could do worse than a guy like Eduardo Escobar. But uh, which which that, is kind of like of, the ultimate backhanded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you need a body in the deepest of leagues, here you go. Uh, yeah, I, I just I just I it's just so uninspiring uh, for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not super enthused with uh, with Eduardo Escobar. What about Andy Abanez, who's playing a lot right now and playing pretty well? Uh, multi-positional eligible in a lot of leagues. Where are, are, are you? I'm more enthused about Andy Abanez, at least in the short term, than I am Eduardo Escobar. What about you? I am too. Um, I think I think Abanez has a lot more skills, a lot more thump in the bat. The barrel rate looks fantastic. He's making a ton of hard contact right now. And can play everywhere, like you said. Detroit is another one of those teams this week that gets full seven games, and the schedule is even better. Like the schedule, they they get they go to at Texas, and then at Colorado. So we were just talking about Matt Manning. I mean, it's the same team, same schedule, but at Texas, at Colorado. So that's pretty much a dream week in terms of a hitter schedule. And Abanez, uh, like I said, making hard contact, twelve percent barrel rate so far, sixteen percent K rate. Like when when your barrel rate and your strikeout rate are both in the teens. Like, maybe that should be a bloom board. I don't think there's many guys with teens yeah. percent of barrels and strikeouts. Like, that's that's really good. I know it's only 150 plate appearances. Like, the track record for Ibanez, he's 30. He's kind of a, like, journeyman minor leaguer. But right now, he's swinging a hot stick and gets a great schedule and plays everywhere. So, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm actually a lot more enthused over Ibanez than I am uh, Escobar. I actually think Ibanez, as long as he's playing with Detroit, has more appeal than just this week. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, uh, run a little bit low of a BABIP, which I think is kind of hurting the batting average. He's got a 291 XBA um, on the mm -hmm. season. So uh, I think he, you know, he's one of those guys that, yeah, this probably cools off and he goes back to being Andy Abanez. But I mean, we got a lot of really good weeks from Zach McKinstry. Um, why can't we get a few good weeks for Andy Abanez? And especially with, his ability to cover so many different positions for you in fantasy because uh, of his multi-positional eligibility. Like that's so valuable to at least have on your bench. 
I mean, he, he's yep. not even necessarily a guy you've got to throw into your lineup, but I think you can this week with that really, really nice schedule uh, and then kind of kind of pick and choose where you use him, you know, after. At least he covers so many spots. It's one less hitter you got to keep on your bench. So uh, I like Andy Banez as a pickup this week. There are so many weeks where in the middle of the week, I wish I had middle, corner, <laughs> and outfield coverage at the same time. So Absolutely. Uh, that's why I love I love drafting guys like that. Um, but I especially love like in season being able to pick up a guy like that and not have to break the bank because I don't think he's a guy who's gonna go no. for an exorbitant amount in in fab. Nope. What about David Hamilton? Um, you may know this as a guy who seemingly breaks Steamer six hundred every year because every year when Steamer six hundred comes out, uh, we of course sort by like our fantasy stats and then when you sort by stolen bases you see David Hamilton with like a million stolen bases in the Steamer 600. For those who don't know what Steamer 600 is, it's like the first set of projections that comes out that Steamer does, but it is kind of prorated to if every single player got 600 plate appearances, this is what Steamer thinks they would do. So it's kind of like here's their true true talent level, and then the next set of uh, projections are going to be with the playing time added, and, and obviously then David Hamilton disappears. Uh, but he has stolen an obscene amount of bases. In 2022, he stole 70 bases in 119 games. Just this year in 52 games, he has stolen 27 bases at AAA. He's made his major league debut, and in four games stole two bases. Are you going to the wire for David Hamilton if you need speed? Yeah, I mean, 97 bags the last two seasons. That's pretty wild. I don't know, man. Like, I, I think this is, I think this is just a one trick pony type of guy. I, I, I almost even get some like Terrence Gore type vibes where a lot of times, especially against left handed pitching, I don't think Hamilton is playing. I think he's just going to pinch run and it can still maybe get you, get you a bag as a pinch runner, even two. Um, so if you're desperate for steals, I, I can see adding Hamilton. If, uh, just word of the wise, there is another Hamilton on Boston this week, Caleb. Hamilton, who I'll admit I have not heard of, but do no, not I mean, bid no. on Caleb Hamilton for Boston instead of David Hamilton, uh, the shortstop. Uh, this week, too, Boston gets, it looks like they're getting three lefties and three righties. So mm-hmm. I think you're only getting like three starts from David Hamilton. And so, like, I don't know. I think he's just going to cost you so much more in the other four categories. And I think a lot of times, too, we look at this like it's still early in the season. I don't think you need to be targeting specific categories because what happens a lot is you just overreact and you cost yourself elsewhere. Like if you've got if you've got Hamilton in there for two weeks, yes, maybe you get five or six stolen bases. I don't know how many hits you're getting. You're not really going to get home runs, RBI, that sort of thing. So it's 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 just going to suck the other categories. So I personally am probably not bidding unless like it's just an obvious need for me. I mean, I think there's also like a chance that he's not even on the major league roster by the end of right. the week. Like, I mean, he's yes. just, he's one of those guys. And I, I said this about Samad Taylor, and um, I'm going to say it about uh, David Hamilton. I worry he's going to get the bat like just blown out of his hands by you know uh, big league pitching. Like he he just. Team, I don't think pitchers are going to respect the fact he has like zero power and they're just going to just like, okay, show us you can hit. Um, and I think that that could lead to some struggles and then eventually it, it, you can sit down to the minor leagues. I can also see a scenario where he's this year's John Burton. He, I mean, he clearly runs, knows how to run, is fast. 
Um, if he's already got two stolen bases so far in very limited time, uh, like he, dude could run wild if Boston lets him. Um, and it seems like they're going to give him the opportunity while he's in the major league level. I just worry there's a chance he is not at the major league level very uh, long. So I think it's, this is a guy to throw a dart at, but not an expensive dart, a very, very cheap $10, $15 dart. A, a plastic dart made, made for kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't hurt things. Yeah. <laughs> the, the kind that doesn't hurt your child when, <laughs> when they inevitably throw it at your leg. Yes, um, that, that, that type of, as, as a father of two toddlers, we, mm-hmm. we have those darts around the house. They don't, they don't hurt yes. as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec <laughs> Thomas is back in the major leagues. I think he's going to be a bigger pickup this week. Any interest in him? Uh, yeah, a lot. I, and this is the type of like, at HQ, we call this the the ten step path to prospect stardom. It's just kind of like this idea that, and a lot a lot of people talk about it, where like even the best prospects don't hit the ground running. There's there's gonna be there's gonna be failure. There's gonna be demotions. There's gonna be returns to the majors. More failure. That sort of thing. We see it with Josh Lowe. We've seen it with Jared Kelnick this season. Um, I'm not saying like at this point it's gonna happen for Alec Thomas, but this is someone who HQ we had as a top. 40 i believe fantasy prospect a few years ago and just hasn't been able to do much in the majors but he's still just 23 like you cannot give up on these guys and i think the playing time is going to be there for alec thomas at least against right-handed pitching um i'd, I'd throw more than just a, a a plastic toddler dart at this guy i i think has he been leading off for the diamondbacks um he, he has not been. no he is not he uh he said eight seven 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 six and uh, he well, came in as a pinch runner uh, in the okay. last game, so, so they're letting him. They're letting him learn near the bottom of the order. But I, I could see some ascension. They don't really have like Geraldo Perdomo has been their leadoff guy. I could see if if Thomas at least gets shows the ability to get on base. I could see him moving up. So um, I I like Thomas, someone who I think the market's probably sour on because of just the repeated failures in the majors. And again, at 23 years old. With the prospect pedigree that Alec Thomas has, um, I think it's uh, I think it's a wise move to take a shot here. Yeah, I mean he's been hot since coming up, hitting three thirty three uh, yep. with a home run, uh, striking out just fourteen percent of the time. I mean he's running a pretty hot bat, uh, uh, and he's not walking. He has not walked since he has come uh, come back up. So I don't think he's heading back up that lineup That's anytime true. soon. The one thing that Alec Thomas does that not a lot of fantasy players can do is play elite defense. Um, and I think that that alone can give him an opportunity to stay in the lineup, even as things may, maybe he goes through a slump. Um, but right now, he's got that elite defense, and he's hitting well. I think you have to pick him up. I mean, in a 15-team league, he is the perfect accumulator type. Uh, these are the guys that get disrespected because they don't have a carrying tool in fantasy. But his carrying tool is defense, which is a lot more important than I think in the fantasy community we give uh, players credit for. Uh, but th- defense costs people jobs. Defense and, or defense keeps guys in the majors maybe a lot longer than they should. And I think for Alec Thomas, like he could turn into Andrew Benintendi, like a, a, a good version of Andrew Benintendi, the original version mm-hmm. of Andrew Benintendi. Yep. Good clarification. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep. Because his defense is so good. Um, but he needs that volume to be valuable. Um, and the, the unfortunate part is while he played every game this week, there were all the games were against righties. So we don't even know yet if he's going to play against lefties. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion he will just because that defense is so good. And I think they want to protect those pitchers in, in Arizona. Yep. 
Agreed. Would you, I'm um, just curious, would you take, so we just talked about Andy Abanez. Like, how would you compare Abanez versus Thomas? I mean, I feel like more Abanez is like a safer kind of patch a hole type of ad this week where Thomas, you're kind of shooting for a little bit so more upside, fun. but um, I gotta, I think, yeah, I'd have to think about how to, how to prioritize those two. I think if, if the nice thing about Abanez is he plays so many other positions. So it really comes down to team context. Like, Hey, do I need a guy who's going to fill in, you know, for me at second or fill in for me at third, um, you know, as well as outfield, or do I want a guy who is, he's a straight outfielder, but you know, if we're, if we're projecting a month forward and I go, which one has a better chance of being an everyday player, I think it's Alec Thomas. Um, and so if I'm looking down the road like that, uh, I'm going for Alec Thomas. If I'm worried about, just right now, I've got a lot of injuries. I need a guy who's going to play, uh, you know, and be able to cover a lot of spots for me. I think Abanez is the easy answer there. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Uh, Nick Gonzalez was one of the big prospect call-ups this week. Uh, former uh, seventh overall pick in the 2020 draft. Has not lived up even close to the hype and has really dropped in a lot of prospect boards. Um, but Pittsburgh is starting to get aggressive, and we're going to talk about the other guy they called up. Uh, uh, here in a minute, who's going to be the other big prize of the weekend. Uh, but any interest in Nick Gonzalez? Uh, not too much, no. Like, I, w- when I see Gonzalez, I see, like, a almost a 30% K rate at AAA with, like, six homers and 262 plate appearances. Like, I could just see Gonzalez kind of getting eaten up in his you know, first exposure to Major League Pitching. So I'm much more interested in the aforementioned other guy uh, in Pittsburgh than, than Gonzalez. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think Nick Gonzalez is going to be a guy who's picked up in a number of leagues in large part because he was a top tier draft pick not very long ago. But yeah. uh, there's a reason why the pedigree has has fallen off a little bit. And we also have to remember, I'm pretty sure he was part of the 2020 draft class, which didn't get a lot of, you know, uh, scouts didn't get a lot of eyes on the guys that were drafting. They kind of really just drafting blind. Um, and so I, I take less stock in the fact that he was a top 10 pick in that draft. He was part of that bizarre. Was it six round 2020 draft five round? Yeah, that. it was, I think it was five round, I think. And then everybody after that could be picked up for $10,000 like Matt Burris was, um, what a year, so, what a year. It was, that was a nightmare of a year for everyone. Um, uh, David Fletcher, uh, he has come back to the uh, major leagues um, and looks like he's going to play fairly regularly in the middle infield for the Angels. Fletcher is a utility guy uh, that has zero power. He has zero speed, but he hits the ball, um, and he has had useful fantasy seasons in the past. Any interest in David Fletcher? He actually homered last night. One of the, you know... For, for one of the yeah, 28 runs. You missed his only home run of the season, most likely. You you have likely already missed Fletcher's only home run. I'm pretty bummed about this move, actually, because I was a little bit of a um, Andrew Velazquez fan. Like I thought in, in the wake of Zach Neto, I thought Velazquez was going to not hit for batting average, but be a pretty good power speed guy uh for the angels and it sounds like he is now sliding back to a utility role in favor of fletcher so um no not interested in fletcher like yes you're getting batting average ish but you're getting nothing else at the bottom of a lineup that's pretty bad so um no 
bummed about it. And then again, when Zach Neto comes back, like, yeah, is Fletcher? I think Fletcher just becomes a utility guy. Yeah, or or heads back down to the minors, or um, worse, right? Yeah. Uh, this just tells me how much they hate Velasquez and um, and uh, Luis Renifo. Like they they uh, to to quote the old o six o one o. They hate them with a mot like intensity. Uh, just they they cannot. Yeah, they 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 cannot stand those guys, uh, which is a bummer because I think both are really really interesting guys um, that probably just need to find new teams at some point. So uh, and yeah. probably will. Um, all right, uh, yeah, and I don't care about David Fletcher. Like, I mean, I just I, we, we we've seen we know who he is. I mean, if you need batting average and you're willing to sacrifice everything to get it, <laughs> then maybe he's your guy. But you literally have to sacrifice everything to get it. Um, all right, the, the last guy is Henry Davis. Uh, we talked about him a little bit uh, on Thursday, but I wanted to get your thoughts because he will be another big prize, especially in two-catcher formats. But I think he should be viable in one-catcher format, and he's played really well since coming up. He's going to play every day in that Pittsburgh outfield and retain that catcher eligibility, at least through the end of the year. You know, Next year, maybe he may not be a catcher in fantasy. But for this year, I, I mean, if you need a catcher, I think he's one catch viable. What about you? I know, man. Like, so I'm kind of speculating here. Like, this is maybe a long shot type of deal, but like, there's a legitimate chance Henry Davis leads catcher eligible players and plate appearances the rest of the way. Yeah. Like, the guy is playing every single day, not at catcher, which again, for fantasy, like, let's do it. Uh, playing every single day in right field. And, and I think Will going forward, like, he's kind of up right now in place of Brian Reynolds. But I think when Reynolds even comes back, like Pittsburgh has to make room for Henry Davis. I, I think it's his time. Pittsburgh guys, you know, what do they have to play for? Um, I, I, I would bid aggressively if you need a second catcher. Even like you said, Justin, like streaming a first catcher, I think Henry Davis could be that good. Like, yes, there's obvious risks. Like things don't go well immediately in the majors. Um but like in super small sample, Davis already has that home run and a steal in 24 plate yeah. appearances, 20% K rate. Like he's at least like showing that he can be capable in the majors. And I don't know. I get like Dalton Varsho type vibes. Maybe not yeah. as many, maybe not as many steals, but maybe a better batting average um, if things go right for Henry Davis. So like even like in a couple of leagues where I've got Yasmani Grandal as a second catcher and 15 teamers, like I'm still thinking about going after Henry Davis somewhat aggressively. I, I think this is a really good catcher ad. I mean, I do too. Like I just, I I don't know that you're, I don't know that there's going to be any other impact catcher that comes up. And I mean, catchers usually aren't impactful when they first come up. We, we've seen the struggles with some of the rookie catchers this year. And, and I think a lot of people are really excited about guys like Gabriel Moreno um, and, uh, and Francisco Alvarez, but like, it, it takes a lot to like catch and, you know, hit at the major league level. Um, and the fact that Henry Davis doesn't have to catch that he actually gets to just focus on playing the outfield and hit the ball. Um, and I agree. I think even once Brian Reynolds comes back, I think he's, he's going to probably stay up because I think he just makes that team better. And weirdly enough, they're in a battle with Cincinnati for that division. <laughs> Not something I thought it would be bizarre. Earlier, you know? Yeah, in late June, that sounds bizarre. But I, I agree. I agree. So uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely interested in uh, in Henry Davis, especially as a C two. 
but even as a C1, because like you said, the plate appearances, he might he might lead Major League Baseball in plate appearances from the from a catcher eligible player um, because he's not a catcher because he's probably I mean he hasn't caught a game yet. I know they said that they're going to try to get in some games behind uh, the plate, but yeah, they haven't I, yet. But yeah, I, I'd be actually a little surprised if he can get to the twenty he would need to to retain eligibility for next season. So. Uh, which is a real bummer for people who've got him rostered in dynasty leagues because I don't think he's going to be catcher eligible next year. No, I don't. I agree. I don't think so either. Just from the patterns that we've seen, I mean, he, if he has not started a game in the first week, mm-hmm. a catcher, like yeah, so it's kind of weird. Like he'll be catcher eligible when he's not catcher, and then he'll probably catch next year, but not be catcher eligible. Yeah, at least yeah. for a little bit. But that's the problem for next year. I'm not super worried about it for this year. Yep. Uh, Ryan, uh, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk baseball with you. Absolutely, man. Enjoyed it. Feel like I'm ready for my own fab at this point. A pretty good week for hitters, sneakily, yeah. with Lotto, Thomas, and Henry Davis, and maybe Andy Abanez. So, yeah, man. Enjoyed it. Glad I could fill in, and uh, hope the hope the rat issue in your in your office has been uh, has been mitigated. I I, I haven't seen any yesterday. Yeah, no, um, they have not been coming into the office. So that is been okay. at least since the uh, the initial incident. So that I mean, I've got traps set up everywhere. So that that's helpful. But um, I've caught another one yesterday outside the office. Uh, I'm continuing to be vigilant um, and hoping that these uh, these fuckers uh, just stay out of my office. I, I do not like this at all. I was, so. I was half expecting you to show up this morning in a hazmat suit. So uh. yeah. <laughs> But it's getting under control. I'll tell you, I look around like as I'm recording and stuff. Like, am I seeing anything? Is there anything moving? Um, it just, yeah, it just grosses me out. Like, it's just so gross. But uh, remind everybody where you can reach on social media, and then plug again. Uh, first pitch Arizona, uh, Bub in the Bloom, uh, and everything over at Baseball HQ. Uh, sure. Yeah. At Ryan BHQ. And yeah, I won't plug it all, but just come out to First Pitch Arizona if you can. And Justin, we will. We will work. We'll work on Danielle. We'll let, let's yeah. see what we can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, blow her up on Twitter and uh, and say how much I need to be at um, at first pitch. The industry she, needs you. The industry yeah, needs she, you. She even like went to panels and stuff last year and uh, yep. and really enjoyed it. So uh, bring the wife. Like if 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 your uh, if your wife's like, oh, I don't know, make, make it a make it a couple's trip. Maybe make, make it a family trip. Come out to first pitch Arizona. Again, one of my favorite weekends of the year, and um, it's not, uh, you know, you'll hear me talking about it even when Ryan's not on because that's how much I enjoy the weekend. Uh, so definitely uh, go over to Baseball HQ, sign up, register, uh, so that way you get you take advantage of the early rates and stuff like that before uh, it gets more expensive and more difficult to get to. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at JustMasonFWFB. Make sure you're following Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Uh, for Ryan and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season.